And I'm laughing because Helen and I just busted every myth there is about technology and people over 60. <laughs> so I'm Patricia Muir. Um, women face a crossroads as they approach the age of 60 or when they turn 60. They can choose to remain professionally active or withdraw from the workforce, or they can choose leisure or recreation, or they can choose to give back through community involvement or even advocacy. There are more choices now than ever. Are you wondering how to transfer your professional skills and your experience to a, a fulfilling role as a social entrepreneur? For women entrepreneurs and executives, the power of advocacy can be especially fulfilling. Today, Helen Hirsch Spence, CEO of Top 60 Over 60, is going to tell us about her experience as she transitioned her skills into social activism. After 35 years of senior leadership positions, both public and private education sectors, Helen embarked on a journey of social entrepreneurship. Helen saw how ageism was impacting baby boomers and now advocates for overcoming the challenges of ageism. Welcome, Helen. <laughs> And we're going to have fun today. There's another yeah. live post somewhere that people are going to wonder what the heck happened. But we overcame it, right? And so, it had nothing to do with age. It had nothing to nothing do with Nothing to do. Well, actually, I think it probably did. We are smart enough, wise enough, and patient enough to get through any kind of technology glitch that we might encounter. So but in, this, in this case, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that wasn't our fault. No. It had to do with the streaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we can have a laugh about this. That's the other thing, right? We've got a great sense of humor about this. We're not going to let anything deter us. Okay. No. Helen, you've immersed yourself in addressing ageism, uh, both personally and professionally on that basis. Please share what's behind your passion and your interest in this topic. You know what? I've given that a lot of thought and, and I only realized after thinking about it that the reason was because I was personally impacted um, by ageism, but I didn't recognize it as ageism at the time. So um, as you said in the intro, I'd, I'd, I'd had a great career in education and um, felt pretty confident and spent years uh, after I stopped working in that environment in the not-for-profit sector, uh, traveling around the world, uh, working with different organizations, chairing boards such as the Jane Goodall Institute of Canada. And, you know, I mean, doing a number of things that were adventurous, risky, and this is in my 60s now that I'm talking about. But suddenly I hit a wall and I was beginning to feel invisible, irrelevant. Uh, I, I lost my confidence and I couldn't quite figure out, you know, to what I should attribute that. It, it didn't make much sense. And when I spoke to other friends and colleagues who were in similar situations, by that I mean my age, and it also had, you know, a number of different roles in their professional careers, they said they felt similarly. And so when I started to do some research, I realized that what we were all experiencing was what's referred to as internalized ageism. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. And when I found out about it, I thought, well, rather than lament 
this? What can I do about it? And mm -hmm. that's really what launched me into this social enterprise realm. Mm -hmm. And from, from what I understand, also launched you into speaking about ageism. Oh, yeah. And you spoke recently in Banff um, in, in Canada uh, mm -hmm. this past August. Um, what, what, what kind of feedback did you get when you spoke about ageism at that conference? So, I mean, I have been invited um, on numerous occasions to speak at conferences and whatnot. This one was for financial advisors. It was called Advocates. And there were hundreds of professionals there. It's part of their professional development. And um, I spoke to them about, you know, the, the, the trends, the demographic trends. And I specifically talked to them about how ageism had an impact on um, everybody's life, but also needed to be attended to uh, by financial advisors because finances is one major part of um, moving on in retirement, but it's only one part of it. And it's not always the most important part most importantly, are a lot of the social determinants in addition to the financial. Uh, I think a lot of it came as a surprise to these uh, to to the to the people. And to give you an example, I everybody who I encountered afterwards said thank you that they had no idea that you know everyday ageism existed in so many different formats. I also had a few women who came up to me afterwards who said. I crying actually <laughs> saying that um, it's the first time they they understand why they were feeling the way they did and that um, they had no idea that there was such a thing as internalized ageism or that you know I gave lots of examples and I also talked about the fact that financial advisors typically um, don't speak to women uh, as well as they do to men and that one year after spouses typically die, and it's almost always the woman who is the survivor, uh, most women leave the financial advisor after a year because they have no relationship with the financial advisor. Anyway, so it was it was not only oriented towards financial advisors, what I said, because I've talked about this before in other settings, and every time I get um, a lot of appreciation, especially from women, because I don't think that they recognize um, that our generation, and I, I assume you're the same generation as, as I am, I'm now 73. So I grew up with women's lib. I grew up in civil rights movement. I grew up through Vietnam war and everything. And, um, and everything I've lived through has been youth oriented. Everything mm -hmm. we see in advertisement is about anti-aging. Well, anti-aging, is death, you know? So I don't know why anybody is promoting anti-aging. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. You're bringing up some really good points, right? With, with uh, one of the biggest challenges, as you said, is how we internalize or we interject some of these messages. That's one of the big dangers of ageism, right? Is the messages. Absolutely. Can you say a little more about what internalized ageism looks like? Yeah, well, I don't think it, uh, what it is, is is unconscious bias against ourselves and our future selves. That's what it is. And the and the biases, um, I'll give you some classic examples. You know, somebody may say to you, Patricia, that you really look good for your age. Well, that's <laughs> an ageist comment. Sorry for laughing, but we hear that, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. And, and the truth of the matter is, 
Although we want to say, oh, oh, well, thank you. That's flattering. Well, it isn't because what it's saying is that because you're older and my image of what old is, is not what you are. Um, it's, it's telling the world that you've got an ageist uh, bias. Another example is friends of mine or anybody who wants to be funny and they can't remember where they put their keys and they say, oh, I'm having a senior's moment. I always make sure that I nicely let them know that in fact, just by saying that, they're perpetuating the myth that we all go into cognitive decline. So there are all sorts of things that, I, in, that we experience on an everyday basis. In mm -hmm. fact, when they've done studies and recently uh, there was one done, um, I think it was the University of Michigan in 2020, 85% of people between the ages of 50 and 80 experience ageism on a daily basis, 85%. That's mm -hmm. huge. Not only that, I mean, there have been studies recently or reports put out by, for instance, the World Health Organization uh, with a campaign um, against ageism. And according to them, one out of two people is ageist against older people. Mm -hmm. And yet here we are going through the biggest um, aging boom of history with the demographic trend only trending up. We don't have enough births to replace the number of people who are over the age of 65. And we aren't going to have that for decades and decades to come, if ever. Mm -hmm. Our lives have been extended thanks to technology, medicine, um, healthier diets, more more knowledge about exercise, vaccines that have prevent death, you know child mortality. All mm -hmm. these reasons why our lives are longer. However, we haven't adapted our societal norms to uh, what to expect with you know the longevity dividend that we all experience. Yeah, it is a positive dividend, but actually like you have mentioned really good examples of how there is a threat to us to internalize the common stereotypes about aging and the misconceptions. And you and I went through a great example today of we busted some of those myths and stereotypes. We got on here regardless, right? And as you said, uh, participating in the stereotypical jokes and uh, that uh, attack or uh, excuse abilities and things like that actually undermines our efforts to rise above all that noise on social media and what the media is pushing out, because of course it is a great story for them to profit on, right? It undermines our ability to find fulfillment. And when I say our, I mean, women over the age of 60 who are looking forward to something they've had great careers mm -hmm. they have great educations they want to continue contributing they want to find something that's fulfilling to them so this is a good segue into um what i would like to ask you to express like what provides fulfillment for you at this moment well in general personal and professional i mean Yes, general, because that's our life, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say the very first thing that comes to mind uh, is the fact that I'm a grandmother. I have three wonderful grandchildren, and I never used to understand the, the women who I knew who would go on and on about the grandchildren showing <laughs> and I try not to do that. <laughs> Honestly, if you were wanted to talk to me about them, I could spend two hours talking about them now. So 
just that whole legacy, you know, that they're, that I have children, um, I'm proud of their, mm -hmm. uh, who they've become. And now I have another generation to look forward to watching them grow up and as much as possible participate in their lives without interfering with them is one, uh, you know, one of the greatest sources of fulfillment. Um, I took up uh, watercolor painting a few years ago. Um, and that I, I never thought I could do anything in that realm, but uh, I love it. I continue to walk. I was big on trekking and uh, in the Himalayas and Andes and all over the world, actually. And I continue to love to do that, although I have one knee replaced and the other one is probably needs replacement soon, too, if I keep it up. There are just so many things. But the biggest fulfillment, I think, that I get in the work that I'm doing, and it's always been that way as a as a secondary school principal, a teacher, headmistress in a private girls school. It's always been the interaction with staff and students and that continued relationship that I, I have um, as time moves on. This weekend, a young woman, well, she's not so young anymore. I taught her, in the, I, I, she's in her 60s. I taught her in German and French in the 1970s when I was starting out. She's coming oh. to visit from Vancouver. So, oh. you know, that having those kinds of um, opportunities and I really believe it's so important to have friends along the age continuum, older and younger, in order for us to stay, you know, vital and energetic and, and interested. That, that's a big um, advantage of having longevity in our life mm -hmm. is that we, we do have the opportunity to, um, you know, look at those relationships yep. in a way that is different than we looked at them when we were in our 20s, 30s, 40s, right? right? Yeah. Uh, one of the segments we have in the show is for Executive Encore is called Every Moment Matters. As we say, every moment matters for us, right? Yeah. Could you share a pivotal, pivotal moment when you recognized what you've just spoken about as what is fulfillment? What does fulfillment look like for you? I think I think it it was when when I probably launched this the top top sixty over sixty, which is my social enterprise, um, and realized that in fact it could have an impact on on the population with whom I come into contact, mm -hmm. and I've seen that that it has. So for this point for for this time in my life, I, it's extremely important to have meaning and a purpose beyond. Mm -hmm. you know, husband, grandchildren, and, and so on. That's and fantastic. Money. <laughs> uh, and money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate that I'm not, um, I'm not struggling financially. I've, a, I'm of a generation that had a pension. So and I don't take that for granted, because I don't think future generations are going to be as fortunate. So they will struggle perhaps in different ways. So I, I, ha I am very privileged. I mean, I recognize my white privilege. And it concerns me the inequities in the world. So if I can help people overcome the age inequity and address, you know, age diversity, which is what I'm doing when I work with businesses and organizations, help them understand the value of um, a multi-generational uh, workforce and age diverse teams and so on. Uh, that's what I feel is fulfilling to me at the moment. Good. Good. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Helen. Uh, you've brought a lot of wisdom uh, to this particular program. Um, I want to
for uh, sticking with us today. That was great. Uh, join me each week as I interview other women and other thought leaders like Helen uh, for those who are finding fulfillment after the age of 60. Um, if you would like to be interviewed yourself, please let me know. You can contact me uh, at uh, patriciamuir.com uh, patricia on my um, website. And visit my website to learn more and read the Executive Encore weekly blog and subscribe to the newsletter. And have a great day, everyone. It was a pleasure to be with you today. Can I add something? Of course. Well, I didn't mention my website, which I should have, which is top 60 over 60 written out.com. And we have a newsletter as well. You can subscribe. It's just at the bottom of the page. And um, please reach out if I can help you personally or professionally. I look forward to it. Great. And we'll put that information in follow-up uh, social media okay. as well. Good. Thank you, Helen.